0: Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim, here today being joined virtually by Lance. What's up, Lance? Oh, it's going so well. How are you, Tim? Going well today. Lance, this interview is a lot of fun. We speak to a fellow named Jared. He does a podcast called Even the Podcast is Afraid that has recently been acquired by the Crawl Space Media Network.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a deviation from true crime while they do talk about true crime they also focus on the paranormal the unexplained they analyze uh, creepy pasta stories and it's Jared Ortis, Nick Porchetta uh, and Samantha Vasquez those are the three hosts and Jared is the um, sort of the ringmaster of the whole thing and uh, yeah they have a, a ton of really fun episodes and they just got a new uh, website as well even the podcast is afraid.com.
0: Great. And Lance, this uh, interview is fun. We recorded it at night, actually during a full moon that you uh, astutely point out during the interview. And it's, uh, it's a little bit of a different vibe than what we usually do. It's, uh, we don't talk much true crime. We talk a little paranormal. We talk a little bit about your uh, the haunted house that you just moved into.
1: Yeah, and Jared gives me some good advice, some solid advice about living in a haunted house. He himself, I guess, lived in a haunted house, has a couple of uh, really uh, maybe some unnerving type stories uh, and basically said that I'm, I'm in for it. I haven't been here long enough, so I don't really know what's, uh, what's really about to go down. So
0: appreciate his sound advice. <laughs> That's right. You are in for it and so aren't you the listeners so thank you very much for listening to this and i really hope you enjoy this kind of a lighter thing than what we normally do so it, it's it should be welcome i think during this time and check out even the podcast is afraid it's also right along those same lines a little lighter than the uh, dark true crime stuff that uh, we usually bring you so it's a little nice to um i don't know take a, a deep breath sometimes all right everybody thanks for listening Welcome to Crawl Space, Jared of Even the Podcast is Afraid. What is going on, Jared? Nothing much.
2: Living the dream.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. You can say you're living the dream. Uh, And not only welcome to Crawl Space this particular episode, but welcome to Crawl Space
2: with with your podcast. Thank you. We are really excited about joining the uh, Crawl Space family.
1: Well... We are thrilled to have this show on the Crawl Space Network. You had originally contacted us because on the website there's a little spot there that says uh perhaps your show would uh would be a fit. And uh the thing that really stood out to Tim and I about your show, even the podcast is afraid, is how well it's branded. Um, the the title's hilarious. You you go between true crime and I guess um Maybe some urban legend, some creepy pasta. So there's a lighter element to it, a little bit more of a, a supernatural element to it. And uh, I think that's something that's really appealing to us as a network to expand outside of the cold cases and violent crime and um, you know, missing persons to, to get a little bit more uh, expand, expansive in the genre.
2: Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, I appreciate that. Thanks for the the branding. Uh, that makes me feel great as I did all the artwork. I'll take a bow. But uh, yeah, we did something a little different, you know, with we like true crime and we like paranormal and we like the unexplained, you know, the weird shit out there. Mm-hmm. And instead of just, you know, serial killers and cults, you know, like right now we're doing this stuff with uh, McAfee, uh, or we just got done with it. And We want to do stuff like, what if we did something uh, like Wolf on Wall Street? It's still crime, but we can still bring those comedic elements uh, of making fun of the dumbasses uh, in crime or who are criminals that do stupid things. Uh, The paranormal stuff is just one of those things I've always been fascinated with. And there's some weird things out there, and some of it does have truth behind it. I think every folklore has some sort of... Element of truth, or otherwise it wouldn't have been a story to be told.
0: Mm, I like that. Uh, yeah, we've uh, definitely debated that ourselves. Um, where did this podcast come from? Like, what is the inspiration?
2: Well, the or- original podcast was actually not named Even the Podcast That's Afraid. It was actually named Talking Trash with Ortis. I, I used to do uh, streaming on Twitch, I used to play horror games. So I just started a podcast. I'd been wanting to start one for some time. And the original intent of the podcast was to have different uh, individuals from Twitch and YouTube. Uh, We come on and we talk about different topics going on uh, within the horror genre or or nerd culture or anything like that. And then after about, you know, three episodes in, it's like, oh, let's talk about conspiracies. And then it just it started changing from there. And Nick, who is actually a co-host on even the podcast is afraid. He was one of the first guests. He was actually the first guest on the very first episode. And it only took about four episodes in and he became a co-host for story time. And story time was essentially the true crime podcast. And it, it just got to be. So much where we were doing three shows under one tagline, it got very confusing, and we took all the stuff that we really enjoyed talking about, and we finally rebranded after episode 21 to Even the Podcast is Afraid.
1: So you just mentioned your co-host, Nick, and you have another co-host as well, Samantha. So that's Nick Porchetta and Samantha Vasquez. How did you get uh, Samantha on board for Even the Podcast is Afraid?
2: She actually was a a, a guest. She came on as a guest with another Twitch streamer, and she's actually, she was on YouTube. Uh, She's part of the Wicked Sisters, and they played horror games and and things like that on there and made videos, uh, jump scares, and she came on there. We hit it off really, really well, and then me and Nick talked about it and thought she would be a good fit to come on to talk with us when we do our Creepypasta episodes. And for a while there, she was only on our Creepypasta episodes, and now she's started to really jump into our paranormal cases, and she's done some side crime episodes with us. and So she's really jumped gung-ho into it, is really enjoying it.
0: Okay, uh, for those in our audience who are not aware of the term creepypasta and what that means, can you um, fill them
2: in, please? It's, uh, people basically get to write their own stories on the internet, of all places, the black hole, and com has thousands of stories, and most of them are horror. They can be funny horror stories. I mean... All different kinds, but if anybody's ever heard of Slender Man, Slender Man is a creepypasta. He originated from there, and that's eventually what blew up what we now know as creepypasta.
1: And what is your fascination with creepypasta? Because you the three of you, it sounds like have a um sort of a macabre uh twist, a macabre element to your personalities. Is that what it is about creepypasta or is it, uh, the fact that you read these things off the cuff and, and then you get to react to them sort of in real time on the show? Uh, you know, a lot of questions there all at once, but, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated because I, I, I honestly hadn't heard of creepypasta until about, uh, like two years ago. And I, and I already knew about, uh, Slender Man. I had known about Slender Man for a long time, but did not know where that, like the Genesis was creepypasta, Pasta. What what started it all for you?
2: Ah, uh, well, creepy pasta. I got more invested in as time went on because I'm a huge horror fan. Been a horror fan since I was uh, a little kid. I think the, the first horror movie I ever saw was Child's Play, and I, I think I was around five years old, and my dad rented Child's Play for me. Ah, it's a kids movie. <laughs> it's a great kids movie. You know what's funny? We
1: could geek out about horror movies because um, my question there about creepy pasta was so goddamn like roundabout, long-winded. I I feel bad that you have the uh, <laughs> I feel bad that you have to answer it, but um, if you want to geek out about horror movies, uh, let me know.
2: Oh sure, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but creepy pasta. I guess me being a horror fan, like I like I said, when I was streaming on uh, Twitch, that's I, I, all I played was horror games and. So just the element of being able to go and read something horror cause I love Stephen King as well. And so to be able to read something that other people have conjured up in their own imaginations, or some of them are based off folklore that they write. It's nice to be able to see an element or a space where people can literally write about horror. And so for us to be able to get on there and for us to really like to read them is that we don't know what the story is about that we pick we we pick them randomly i think well sam is the only one really that goes and reads hers because she wants to read and make sure it's a good story me and nick randomly pick our creepypastas we don't know what we're reading we don't know what it's about all we know is the title and so it brings this interesting element to it of it's either going to be really great or it's going to be total shit
0: is there a rating system though? Maybe you guys could do like, uh, you know, just pick like seven, sevens and above.
2: Well, we do a rating system on the the show. We do one through five because we only release one creepy pasta episode a month, and uh, so we do like a one through five, and we all get to rate it and ex- and express why we don't like it. It and even if it's a really good one. We've had some that were like, it's a five, but we still made fun of the story the entire way through it just because it's fun to do. And um, when
0: you say horror games, what exactly do you mean by that? Uh, You're speaking to someone who doesn't play many video games. (laughs) I assume it's a video game.
2: Yeah, it's video games. Uh, Anything from Resident Evil to Outlast to Silent Hill. I mean, the horror game is can go from a first-person angle to a third-person angle. I mean, generally, it just it's in the trope of what you would call a horror game. So I guess if you're looking at it from an angle of horror movies, it would generally be the same thing or genre on video games.
1: And you had mentioned before, and I wrote this down because I wanted to get a little clarification on it, you said that uh, Samantha came from a background where she was part of a the the something sisters and they did videos and jump scares? What, what What is that? I mean, I know what a jump scare is, but is this an industry?
2: Yeah, they did Wicked Sisters, which is a YouTube channel, and they would do videos uh, with them playing horror video games. And then they would edit those down into some of the, the best moments. And they would only be 20 to 30 minute videos. Some of them were even shorter than that. Or they would watch uh, horror trailers for upcoming horror movies or independent horror movies. And the funny thing is, is that things would happen and they're both very jumpy. So something would scare the shit out of them and they would literally jump. Uh, It was like when I was streaming on Twitch, I I know who was it? I think it was Lance that told me he didn't know much about Twitch.
1: I I think I'm just a lot older than I want to like admit to myself.
0: He's a lot older than me too. He's like, he's like (laughs) 20 years older than me. I'm 31. So oh, he's he, like 100 years older than you.
1: I know, seriously, 31. <laughs> I think I was like born in 31.
2: <laughs> the uh the interesting part though <laughs> with the whole Twitch thing is that everybody gets to, you know, do their own damn thing they want to do, whatever they want to play. And when I was streaming, I there's a thing called bits on there and the bits are people pay a certain amount uh, to make things happen within your stream. So 100 bits is $1. And so for 100 bits, they could randomly make a jump scare scream that I don't know that's coming and make me jump and use my favorite uh, word, shit. And, and so it, it was just a way of uh, letting your viewers actually interact with you. So sort of the same line that uh, Sam and them were doing for Wicked Sisters. Just uh, there's no bits or anything involved. It's just people enjoyed them getting scared as they got to watch the videos.
1: That sounds amazing that this exists in the world. I love it.
2: <laughs> it's
0: fun. <laughs> All right. Well, what's uh, what's your favorite uh, paranormal topic? Oh, man. That's tough. Tim's <laughs> hoping you say Bigfoot. It's not Bigfoot. <laughs> well, d- before maybe we get to that, do you think that, or maybe maybe the a better question is, why do you think true crime and paranormal stuff go together?
2: Well, it's one of the episodes we just got done doing, for instance, is uh, The Bell Witch Haunting, which is out of Adams, Tennessee. And it is actually the first recorded and one of the only recorded uh, killings of an individual by a... Paranormal entity. And I think it can go hand in hand. Uh, I, I do believe in ghosts and I do believe in the paranormal. And I think when you go into something like true crime, where you have some terrible things happen to people, who's to say that that soul doesn't linger or something or remnant doesn't linger uh, there? Okay, well, I, I'm with you on that part, but wait, let's back up just a
0: second here. Um, what did you <laughs> say? A, a paranormal uh, entity killed somebody?
1: I feel like I'm yeah. so out of I feel like I'm so out of the loop with like pop culture or something. How do I not know this? What's YouTube?
2: <laughs> What's YouTube? <laughs> well, it's a place where you can watch videos. No, I'm just... Yeah, there was the Bell Witch. Actually, was. And still is probably one of the most popular, uh, especially for paranormal investigators. Because there's things that are very weird that are still going on uh, at the Bell Farm. And John Bell is who was actually supposedly murdered by this entity, uh, whose supposed name is Kate Batts. But uh, when we went through the episode, my theory does not linger on... That it's a witch, uh, it, that it's, you know, it's Indian burial ground. Uh, and I do believe that Indian burial grounds should not be messed with. And John Bell and them, I do believe, messed with that. And I think that he was ultimately killed by a spirit. Whoa. Um,
0: okay, so wait, what What happened? What, what happened with this? Um, this death?
2: So, basically, I'll give you the short, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> the, uh, John Bell and his family moved from South Carolina and moved to Adams, Tennessee, where ultimately he bought 328 acres of land. And you're talking about, this is when Andrew Jackson was a general. So, it's it's interesting because they started a farm, so the majority of this acreage was nothing but uh, crops. And there was supposedly a an actual uh, grave for a Native American found that one of John Bell's sons had actually disturbed and actually brought the skull up to the house. And John Bell had told his son Dewey to... Bury, bury it back. He needed to put it back, and out of retaliation to his father, he takes the skull and slams it against the actual um, porch on the front of the house, and it breaks off the bottom jaw. Well, it also knocks out several teeth from the skull. And they do go back and actually bury the skull, and this is when the stuff starts happening. And it almost sounds demonic in nature, where things start, they start hearing sounds beating on the walls. And eventually uh the youngest daughter starts getting actually her ass whooped, basically. The entity is slapping her, beating her, hitting her. Uh, and John eventually starts getting very sick. His health continues to go down and down and down and down. Uh it got even so popular during that time. Andrew Jackson actually visited the Bell farm in the Bell House and spent the night with some of his uh his soldiers. To see what was going on and his account is things did happen to them that were not normal. And ultimately John Bell. He died and what they found beside him was a vial of a dark liquid which could be arsenic because arsenic was used at that time. But supposedly this entity said that she gave it to him and ended old Jack, as she called him, not John Bell's, life.
1: And to this day, the hauntings continue?
2: There is still some weird things that happen. Uh, they have found more uh, Native American grave sites that they are actually looking at now that the actual entire acreage that he bought could have been a massive burial ground where his house actually was. There's even a cave actually on his property, that had Indian uh, Native Americans buried inside the cave. Coming from a true crime
0: background here for a moment, please Mm -hmm. indulge me, uh, because I I understand the lore of a Native American burial ground. Um, Of course, poltergeist, everyone uh, is familiar. Yeah. But... um, what makes a Native American burial ground so automatically haunted?
2: We talked about it a little bit in the episode, and we also you know, talked about possibly some other theories and scenarios that could have been that there was nothing paranormal at all, that he could have actually been murdered by one of his own family members or actually Kate Batts, who was his neighbor. But what makes the Native American burial ground stand out the most is that it is completely sacred and most native americans are at one with earth they're at one with nature i'm actually a quarter creek indian so when you know i I see a lot of these different things that come up with the native american bear and i know it's it's um it's something that's commonly used in horror movies and it's because there's so many weird things that happen when people mess with them Uh, i don't know 100 i mean it's like anything with a ritual uh, I guess if you wanted to get into conspiracy theories as well, I mean, when you look at something like uh, the Freemasons or the Golden Eagles, uh, they all had these ritualistic things dealing with Satan and looking at a skull to make yourself look as like, okay, you are going to die one day. This is your mortality, but none other, no other person that i can think of or tribe or community was more at one with nature than i would think of than the native americans okay but um yeah. in
0: that one specific instance you said oh he could have been killed by someone in his family or his neighbor he could have that sounds more likely to me just uh you know coming again coming from this background um I I am cur- I I'm not saying I don't believe in ghosts either though. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but I am curious if ha- have, have you seen a ghost? I've
2: lived in 3 haunted houses actually. Oh boy. Here, Here we go. go. <laughs>
0: you know Lance just moved into a haunted house. I'm going to go on mute
2: now.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, Tim's on mute. That's good. Um <laughs> No, uh, I was actually I I I texted Tim and I said I have to ask him about uh my potential haunting uh my potentially haunted house here. Uh if you've lived in three haunted houses, Jared. Yeah. And we'll get to the creepypasta stuff in a little bit, but I didn't expect the conversation to go this way. I have to take advantage of the moment. <laughs> the the home <laughs> yes. that I live in with my girlfriend now uh, was built prior to eighteen thirty. It's on the maps starting at eighteen thirty, so that's the first documented date. Uh, we found a box of old documents, old mortgages, a letter from the governor of Massachusetts, which was um, uh, assigning someone who was uh, uh, connected to this house, uh, a colonel rank in the in the uh, Union Army. Um, a lot of a, a lot of like historic uh, significance and a lot of local significance in this house. The family was uh, pretty. Uh, ingrained in the community here and most of them are buried right down the street i'd say probably a 5 minute walk at the most down the street now we've had a couple of small i don't even want to say i'll say occurrences um mm-hmm. and uh and and i just want to get your uh get your opinion on these things i'm ready okay and you can tell when i get uncomfortable when i talk about things like this cuz i'll do a lip smack because <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm considering uh you know the, the the ramifications here
2: i'll do one for you in uh in anticipation
1: thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh so the most recent thing that's happened there well two Actually, most recent can
0: i can i interrupt for a moment can i Please. can i Im- can we implore me and jared as the the uh jury right now oh sure yeah let's make a game out of it yeah
1: I'll I'll just like I'll just give you the the moments that have happened and and
0: yeah, we'll 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 uh we'll throw it to the jury. Yeah, and the audience is the third member of the jury just in case uh we tie.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> gotcha. So, the latest thing that happened is a a door in between our bedroom and this other room that my girlfriend's using for like a art studio. There's there's a there's a door that goes between the two rooms and that door opens on its own. I'll just say it opens on its own. It's happened twice, and when it's shut, the doorknob sort of uh wiggles.
2: So the doorknob actually moved?
1: The doorknob we haven't been able to catch it. We've heard okay. it. We've we've heard it. It, it, you hear, it's the same sound you'd hear if you were to go to the doorknob and give it a, give it a gentle wiggle. Not, you're not reefing on the thing. You're giving it a gentle wiggle.
0: So it sounds like someone trying to check if it's like locked or not.
1: Not even, not even that extreme. More like deliberate up, down, up, down.
0: Hmm.
2: Now,
1: now now th- the house is kind of crooked I'm not gonna lie like it's it's eighteen thirty yeah. it's had a lot of time to settle,
0: yeah, a lot of creeks in old New England houses a lot of uh you know the the wood is bent over the years depending on where um things have been placed over the years it's quite remarkable actually well
1: i I will say and then I'll pass it off to you guys for this one. I will say I had expected to hear the uh the the creeks the settling. I haven't heard anything that, that's, that's creaky or settling. Uh, You I, I actually heard no noises other than, other than this doorknob.
2: So yeah, there could be, the door could be because of draft with it being an older home. You know, one of the houses that I lived in that was haunted was built in the mid to late 1800s. And that one only stayed at for four months because I had so much stuff happening. I, I left. With yours if is that the only thing that's happening though is just the door?
1: no, 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 that was the latest thing that's happened okay let's let's revisit your drafty uh theory. The windows are brand new there's no draft in here if anything it's it's it gets too hot, okay,
0: okay, have you ever experienced something like that, Jared, in one of the three haunted houses you've lived in
2: yes, the the house that... I'm going to use the one compar- comparable to yours since it's an older home built in the 1800s and only one of the homes that I lived in was actually built in the 1800s. And that's the only one that I'd had enough and actually said, I, fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh, there's stuff started very slowly. It was nothing that just gained up. How long have you been in the house?
1: Uh, this is going to be... One week
2: and five days. Oh shit, you ain't even got there yet. The when I was in that's that good to house, know, Jared,
1: that's good to know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if it if it continues, it will build up. It took uh, about four to five months. I, I think it was four months that I moved out. If not, it was five months. But when the stuff started happening there, it slowly was footsteps. You could hear the stairs because where we were staying was upstairs my dad was across the hall and I was in the other room and then there was another room attached to that one and the only way to get to that room was through another door through the room I was staying in and it started with footsteps uh, on the stairs that you could hear and then you could kind of hear the door moving in the hall to where my door would slowly eventually and start opening by itself I'll give you that and it wasn't a draft as I later found out
0: and this would happen uh, repeatedly?
2: It happened on regular occurrences, yeah.
0: What did you mean, as I would later
2: find out? <laughs> um, I was
0: trying to it, avoid that question,
1: Tim.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it started as like more like a residual haunting, which a residual haunting is ty- typically a ghost that constantly does the same thing almost over and over, like it's reliving its life. And so it just constantly the same thing. So it'd be doors or lights or whatever. And in the beginning, it started with just the doors and the footsteps. And of course, you know, I'm staying in this old ass house. And at the time I was working for a restaurant. So I was coming home at, you know, ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. And a lot of this stuff would start happening because I haven't gone to bed yet. I was staying up late. So I would actually hear this stuff happening. And eventually it got to the point where the door, instead of opening slowly, it started slinging open. So it was like faster. And then it sounded like the footsteps would get harder and harder and harder. And then the other door on the other side of the room would open up. It took about a month before the door started slamming, but things would get cold. In the room, I had actually come home one time uh, from work, opened up the door, turned on the light, and there was an indention in my bed at the end of the bed.
0: An indent, like an indention, like it's someone had been there. sitting there.
2: Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember I called my girlfriend, who's actually my wife now. She would never go in the house. Period. She would not go in the house at all. And I actually left. Uh, I opened up the door, saw that, said nope, closed the door, left, and went to her house to spend the night because, and they were, you know, it was eleven o'clock at night. I called her. I was like, "I'm coming to your house." <laughs> yeah. And it's I've hmm. heard whispers. I've heard things said. I've had the TV go on and off by itself. I've had lights turn off on by itself. Lights no, flicker. Kidding. Oh well- yeah. And my dad didn't believe me. Mm, What about the whispers? Tell me more
0: before we get to your dad. Tell me about the whispers.
1: I think we're running out of time, Tim. I think we're about to wrap this up. (laughs) No, 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 no,
0: no. Wait, do we got to hear about the whispers?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, the the whispers is you couldn't really faint, really make out what it is, but you could hear something talking to you faintly. I've I've had my foot grabbed in the house when I was laying in the bed. I've had something touch my face, too, in that house.
0: Well, who wouldn't want to touch that face? I mean, look <sighs> at it. Well.
2: You know, <laughs> just the beard.
0: Um, all right, now let me pose a question here. Let, we we got to get Ooh. back to the trial um still, oh. but uh um Jared, could it could maybe maybe hypothetically could it be you that's haunted and not these houses you've moved into?
2: Yes, because the house we're living in now is actually the third house, and this house was built in the late '90s, early 2000s, and we've had weird shit happen here.
1: Oh, that's that's reassuring.
2: <laughs> Just don't- Even my wife is not really a believer, but she's like, "What was that?" And she's like, "Jared, I swear to God, I will leave this fucking house."
1: <laughs> so, so when we have, when we're able to all get together and we have our first crawl space media. Uh, network gathering where all of the members come over to my house and we have a cookout, you're not invited. No offense, but (laughs) we're not taking your hitchhiker. See,
2: that's That's the problem is why everybody's eating. I'm going to want to walk around your house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let me give you another incident that I can pose to the jury. Just recently, and I, I don't know if this was just something that we didn't notice, but I was walking our our little dog. Uh, he he likes to go out at like eleven thirty or midnight. That's his last going out for the day. And we we have a basement. It's it's a uh, it's not a finished basement. It's you know from eighteen thirty, so it's small. It's it's um, mostly granite and and other rocks. Uh, I can't remember the exact rocks that that it's made out of. It doesn't matter. They're rocks. They're rocks. Yeah. Oh, it matters. Uh, <laughs> it could matter. It could matter. There's been this I feel ridiculous saying it. There's been this blue glow, slight blue glow in the basement. I saw it I saw it at night and I finished walking the dog and went inside and figured I'd check on you know what that might have been the next morning because I didn't feel like going down there at midnight to look for like a blue light. Uh, there's a, a humidifier plugged in down there and, you know, obviously the water heater. Um, there's, there's a couple of other, you know, things that, that are operating down there. I went down there the other day to check out what this blue light could be and really can't seem to find, I turned the lights off, really can't seem to find anything that is emitting a faint blue light
0: to the jury. <laughs> Um. Hmm. Blue light furnace. Probably the furnace.
1: No, no, no. Uh, the the furnace, the hot water heater, all of that. The uh, anything that the 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 humidifier. All of those do not emit the blue light.
2: Now, how bright is this blue light?
1: It's faint. It's faint. It's very faint. I thought it was a reflection at first. Does it move? No.
2: Maybe you have a peeping tom ghost. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> maybe could be could be yeah
1: like a peeping tom ghost that just stands there and like doesn't move and just peeps it's probably watching yeah. you
2: right now The probably says put the lotion on its skin <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't think it would be your furnace and i don't think it would be the only thing like do you have anything reflection outside that would hit that 'cause obviously I'm thinking that you have is there little small windows for the basement part of your house, yeah is there there could be any kind of reflection now do you i'm obviously I would think you have street lights, right yeah, there're street lights um okay, they're not blue, no, but it matters. Did you change any of the windows down below or are they original windows to the house
1: uh they weren't changed they're not the same windows as what's in the house, but I don't know if they're the Ooh. original windows.
2: It could possibly be, you could have a reflection coming off that gives it a blue tint that's not necessarily blue. I like where this is going. uh, Because typically, I would say it's an orb, but it's not moving. Right. So if it's just sitting there, I think it's a reflection. Okay. All right. Good. Good, good, good. I like this.
0: Okay, now an orb. Tell me a little bit about an orb. Isn't that supposed to be maybe maybe more of a positive uh sort of entity that um may even interact with you?
2: No, it could be a demon.
0: Oh, shit. Okay.
2: <laughs> so typically an orb is 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 a it's just a it's a spirit. So what it, it could be your residual spirit, it could be a poltergeist, it could mm-hmm. be a, a demon it could be you know sally may that died down the street and she's hanging out now as a ball of a floating ball in your house but the thing about an orb is is that essentially the theory is is that ghosts feed off electrical right so that's why like uh, some paranormal investigators when they are filming they'll be like well my camera just completely died and all the battery life was drained out of it because a ghost just took all of that so now essentially you're saying it could manifest and show itself. But typically they say that the the regular form of a ghost is an as a orb. Hmm. Okay. Huh.
1: I am I am in my attic, my 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 office attic surrounded by electricity right now.
2: So if anything goes out just unexpectedly, you might have a ghost in your house. <laughs> <sighs> You know, for a second, I just
1: wanted to click out a Zencaster. Just like blip away.
2: If, it would take a little time. I think it would take uh, living there probably. If all of your you're having right now really is the, the door. I don't think you really have anything to worry about just because of how old the house is. Now, if you start having things like happen to me, then I would possibly say, yeah, you probably have something there. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's a slow burn to go from Lance from crawl space to Jack Torrance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Tim. <laughs> Might not be that slow.
2: <laughs> I feel like anybody can turn into Jack Torrance in less than three seconds. We are. The we, we have been. We have. We yeah. have
1: been isolated for a few
0: weeks here. It does. Just, it does yeah. make things a bit more stressful, doesn't it?
2: But you'll start noticing things more because you are quarantined. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's my
0: verdict as one of the juror members, the jurors here. Um, I, think, I think you're just a little hyper aware right now. You just moved into this house, these surroundings. I think uh, give it a couple of weeks. You'll be like, what blue light? What are, you, what are you even talking about? And we'll be laughing about this whole thing. Like that. See?
2: There we are. We're laughing. We're all laughing about it. Well, no. Do you know what ghost you really want to worry about, Lance? No. The ghost you really want to worry about is if you're taking a shower one night and all of a sudden you feel something grab your ass cheek. That's a ghost you want to worry about. Yes, there are ghosts that are considered they will rape you or molest you or whatever.
1: Is, is this from experience? Did you have no, your. No, this
2: is not from experience, but because uh, I would be very freaked out. This is from Ghostbusters. But yes, there are stories of this happening, yes.
1: Well, Bobby Brown said that he was raped by a ghost or he had sex with a ghost, right?
2: I'm sure Bobby Brown was on every drug known to man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tim, if you hear anything in the audio, once you get this audio, if you hear anything in the background, just don't tell me about it.
0: <laughs> no, I tell will blast it. it out. Oh, I will blast it out on Twitter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, all right, Jared. What is your verdict here in Lance's haunted house?
2: Uh I think right now it's too early to tell. Mm-hmm. So I Pung would probably jury. revisit it thirty days. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. We we'll we'll revisit it at the next full moon because tonight is a full moon. So in the next full moon we will revisit.
2: Oh, you boy. don't have a werewolf. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe I, maybe I do. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, let's uh let's get to this creepy pastas. Uh let's let's read some of these.
2: So, I did actually bring two creepy pastas and I have never read them. So, I don't know what they are about. All I know is that uh their names. And I didn't pick it long ones, so we don't have to worry about sitting through 20 minutes of reading. Uh the estimated read time on this is 1 minute. This is called Jack Black and Infinity. In Beantown, Nebraska, a town with a population of just over 200, there lives a man named Jack Black. Not the Jack Black, of course, but just a guy named Jack Black. At 10.06 p.m. on January 4th of 2014, Mr. Black's phone will ring. Upon picking up the receiver, Jack will suddenly be able to comprehend the true definition of infinity. And for a split second, will be able to truly understand how long an eternity is. The massive strain on the collective consensus of existence that this paradox will create will actually cause the fabric of space-time to collapse on itself, creating a new universe identical to ours, but starting at the beginning of time. This universe will proceed to exist until the exact moment in time that humans would identify as 10.06pm on January fourth, two 2014, at which point an alternate Jack Black will pick up his alternate phone thus comprehending infinity and starting the whole process over again. The end.
0: Huh. Okay, it's
2: a bit sci-fi.
1: Bit sci-fi, a bit a bit bit a uh, twilight zone maybe.
2: Yeah. I felt like whoever wrote this, uh, I mean obviously it was written in 2008, but it's almost like the actor Jack Black stepped into the Avengers.
1: <laughs> one of the major problems I have with this story, I love the I, I, the ethereal uh, feeling it gives you, but I can't get Jack Black, the actor, out of my head when, when hearing the
2: story. Right. And I think obviously that's where they got the name from. I mean, if I had to rate it, like, you know, we rated ours one through five, that, that story's a one. Ah, hmm.
0: oh wow! Yeah, it's definitely interesting to to think about. I mean, alternate realities, that kind of thing. It's is bringing up that topic. I mean, we could do a whole hour about that. So yes, you know, but we don't have to. <laughs> that is so right. are we
1: left to believe that he received a phone call from from uh, like an alternate version of himself?
0: Right. See, I guess what I'm saying too, though, is a really good one of these would keep us talking for an hour. Oh yeah. So I think maybe that was (laughs) it. Was okay. It was okay and
2: interesting. You know, we're thinking about it. We're talking about it still. But how about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull something on y'all. I'm just gonna go to top ranked. How about that? Yeah. Because you can actually sort. uh, If anybody's never been to Creepypasta. Dot com, you can actually sort uh, by ratings and length and authors. Randomly selected page five. This one has an average rating of a 7.77. Okay. Oh, okay. And it's only a one minute read time. It's called Inescapable. Why do we feel so safe in the light with nerves of steel so free of fright when darkness lies round every bend and sleeps inside the most trusted of men for even with the sun riding high in the sky, all its light is undone. If you just close your eyes within that darkness behind closed lids lie all of the things we feared as kids all of the monsters under our beds all of the voices inside of our heads just watch the news or read a newspaper you will see it runs loose in so many places people eating people while they yet breathe mothers killing children in ways hard to believe. Vicious murders and rapes, death, pain, and sorrow. Yet more news will break when you wake on the morrow. So when you think there's no place in reality for monsters, remember the taste of this creepypasta. Bravo. That was actually pretty good. That was very good.
0: I like that a lot. I like the points that it was trying to make, um, that, uh, that there is a darkness out there. Um, but why do we act like there isn't when it's daytime? We walk around like everyone's safe when in reality we know that's not exactly true.
1: Ah, uh, this is Bravo again. Very topical, very very uh, very sobering. Very sobering. I I, I I really dug it.
0: Yeah, I did too. I like the rhyming aspect, but but a couple of rhymes, they tried to rhyme paper and places. Yeah. Yeah, that one doesn't work.
1: I'd i I'd say maybe maybe they did that just for the jarring effect. Just because you thought what are they gonna rhyme with places here? Or or paper. What are they gonna rhyme with paper here? And then they jar
2: you. They could have used maces.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah the that's last true. The last line didn't rhyme either, but I, I do like a good rhyming poem.
2: Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, and obviously I've never read that one before, so uh and that's actually the first poem I've ever read from Creepypasta, so Geez, well your cadence, your your it's, rhythm is really it's, great.
1: Is impressive. Thank you. Uh <laughs> I, I, I did like the uh the lullaby aspect of this, uh as if it's coming from childhood. So, you know, all children are afraid of the dark because of what they can't see in the dark. So it's the fear of the unknown. And it's all the same, though, if you just open your eyes to the world around you today.
2: I think it's I agree with that. I think that the the way the the poem was telling was that we are in a world full of monsters, whether it be like we talked paranormal that's in Lance's basement or uh, whether it's actual really people like, you know, the cases of Dahmer or, you know, anything that could be considered dark. And I think uh, I like the aspect where it said, Uh, where it's talking about inside of your head Mm. because nobody knows what's inside of your head. Only you do. And I I like that uh, they threw the news in there as well, where it's like the news constantly reports on the macabre.
1: Yeah. You got to, you have to dig to find something good.
2: Right. And there's not as much good. It was kind of like, what is it? The nightly news used to do everything was bad, 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 and they give you this last shit at the end that's good. And it's like what, three minutes long, but I just listened to thirty minutes of death and destruction and you gave me three minutes of good.
1: Oh see this is this is exactly why this uh this one ranks uh ranks high on the list. What'd you say it was a seven point
2: two? Seven point seven
1: seven. Seven seven
0: seven. Now are yeah. are these all anonymous authors on Kirby Pasta?
2: No, but the that one was anonymous. Very Man. cool. Some do actually put their name on there. Have you ever written one? I have never written a creepy pasta. Uh I've actually got several ideas for books and some other things that I've wanted to do, but uh I've I've never sat down to actually sit there and actually do them.
1: Have you ever read a creepy pasta that uh legitimately genuinely scared you?
2: No, not really. It it takes a lot really to to really scare me.
1: What 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 is your what is the scariest uh, Stephen King book that you read?
2: That one's a tough one. I, I like I love The Shining and I love uh, Doctor Sleep, but uh, I, I would have to say with those probably being my favorite. I mean, I guess if I was putting myself in the shoes of you know being in The Shining, I think there was so much suspense in that book, and obviously I know the movie is completely different from the book, but I would say that that was probably, I guess if you were in that shoes in those shoes of, you know, of the, the wife, the mother and the child and having your father completely going nuts, chasing after you through a hotel where nobody else is at, that would be scary. And especially you don't have anything, but your father has an ax. Yeah,
1: very true. Yep. I'm more of i I'm more of a pet cemetery. That's the only book. That's the only book that I couldn't finish the first time I started oh, it.
2: Pet Cemetery is so good. They, that's that's another one. Now Pet Cemetery would probably scare the shit out of me just because of what it deals with.
1: It's there there are moments in that book that I I read it when I was I I think I got started early with with horror and stuff. I read that when I was probably like 12 or something, 12 or 13. <laughs> <laughs> and it got to, it, there was one part in that book where I, I couldn't even, like, I read it and I couldn't, I had to pick up something else. I couldn't finish it.
0: Yeah. That's a terrifying movie. I, I never read the book. I should, I should uh, go back and read that one.
1: It It's all dread. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not jump scares. The movie does a really good job, actually, depicting it, but. Uh, well, that's as, horror.
0: I mean, that's, yeah. that's horror at its core is dread. Yeah. Dread. Mm-hmm. Just
1: nothing good's happening. Nothing right. good's going to happen. No one's coming out of this okay.
2: Somebody's yep. going to die. Yeah. I mean you can always look if you pick up something horror, somebody, there's going to be death uh all throughout whatever uh you know piece of horror it may be, whether it be film, book, game, uh, story. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's always gonna revolve around dread and death.
1: Now why why are you attracted to horror?
2: Probably because I'm fucked up. <laughs> no i mean no i well i don't know if you're if you're effed up or not. no i'm not yeah. really but, but you know it's i think the you know it's hard to answer you know i've never really sat down and actually thought why i have so been so engulfed uh with horror i um you know as a kid like i said you know when i first saw my first horror movie a child's play and that interested me more than you know what some other kids are watching. I was like, Hey, have you seen Leprechaun? You know, I, I would have rather watched something of that nature. And I I don't know. I've never really like Stephen King the first Stephen King book I ever read was in middle school. I I was into it. And the first Stephen King book I ever read was it. And I don't, you know, that that's a hard question. I've never, I've never really thought about it. I guess I, I just always been enthralled with it.
0: It's definitely tough to identify in oneself, I would say. You know, I think people have a lot of theories. Some people say if you've been through a crazy um, tragedy, like maybe something uh, bloody or you're a survivor or something like that, you're not going to be a horror fan. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the more innocent you are, the more of a horror fan you are. But I've definitely seen uh, conflicting cases uh, using that theory.
1: Yeah. It's, it that's, that that could be part of it though cuz that that seems like it has some legitimacy to it and and i've heard people who have been through uh you know something a car accident or or something uh even people who have been mugged you know and and they don't like that they don't like their their feelings going in that direction but i think with horror and fear like there's not a lot of emotions and i think fear might be the only emotion that you it's really it's really genuine and and yeah probably the hardest to fake like you comedy you know if you have a genre like comedy it's hard to make someone laugh uh you really have to know your audience to make somebody laugh uh it's almost the same thing with fear but you know like the laughter is one thing when you genuinely feel afraid that probably does something the way uh tattoos are addicting or hot sauce is addicting right like
0: something falling in love even. Yeah,
1: right, something fires in your, in your in your brain. Like, you know, the endorphins go in your brain, uh, a, a chemical rises, something clicks, there's sparks. I, and I think that might be addicting. I think it might be addicting to uh, you know, walk around your house in the dark and and not know what's around the corner because you like the feel, you like the feeling of of being afraid.
0: I love the feeling of getting shin bruises from walking around my house in the dark.
2: <laughs> I'm sitting in the dark by the way. I that's I pictured you in the dark. <laughs> yeah, I was born in the dark so. <laughs> I guess it would be my reason would be why. So I guess if you have you're interested in say serial killers, right? What would be the topic of interest for you of a serial killer? Mine is why. What makes that brain tick different from mine? to make them think that this is okay. And in their mind, they're thinking it's okay that it's, you know, and then you have some serial killers where it's, I know it's wrong, but I have to do it or otherwise I'm going to go crazy. So I guess the why factor, I guess, because you know, when you watch a horror movie and you watch uh, somebody, it's like, Oh, maybe we should split up dumbass. Why are you splitting up? So that that's that same question of why are you doing that? Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I didn't think that that would be such an interesting answer because I was such a horror fan and you kind of get caught up in uh, before you, you know, before you mature into the uh, true crime genre, you you do get caught up in a little bit of the romance of the serial killer. And I didn't think I would be as fascinated with the criminal profiling mm-hmm. aspect of it, which tries to define the why and and reading books and articles about, uh, you know, case studies and from doctors and, and FBI profilers. And they they go into, you know, the behaviors of these people and what that could possibly be on a biological level or and a scientific level. uh, What what is going on? And, you know, accounts right from the right from the, the mouths of of these serial killers, these people who have done these things. And that is that's the real terror that that's you know, that that's what that creepypasta story is all about.
0: You're the real terror, Lance. <laughs> well thank <laughs> Jared, well, that Jared a, thank you that's very... a, that a great way to wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> Jared thank you very much for joining us here tonight on crawl space a late night edition of crawl space with Jared from even the podcast is afraid it
2: was a lot of fun talking with you about all these uh, topics thank you I appreciate it thanks for uh, having me on and we're very excited about joining the crawl space family <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.